0: And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message.
1: It's been suggested by social scientists that we live in what is often called an impulse society. We have a constant need for gratification that primarily stems from the uh, boom of information at your fingertips in the late 1990s, a, t- a time that I was actually in high school whenever all this started. As a result, we are reluctant to wait on anything. And I mean anything, we don't wanna wait on anything in our lives. Any kind of delay that we experience causes anxiety, uncertainty makes us feel less comfortable. We fear that other people are getting ahead of us. And there's this constant need for results, this constant need for solutions, and this constant need for answers. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. It's part of your lives the exact same way that it's part of my life. Now, this is how this plays itself out in the local church blank church across town is growing like crazy. So we start to feel that level of jealousy creep in if you're a pastor or you serve on some kind of ministry team. Well, North Point is doing this. Elevation is doing that. And we start to get into this comparison game. Well, what are we doing wrong? What's the problem with us? Why are we not able to keep up in the exact same way we demand now at all times? And it's hard for us to accept that the Holy Spirit doesn't work on our terms, the way that we want things. Nevertheless, this is the world that we live in. So let me tell you, as we're in this final part of our Good Ground Vision Series, our 2022 Vision Series, what my desire is. My desire is God's best for Believer's Church, and I don't care about anything else or what anyone else is doing, loving fellow pastors, my brothers and sisters, the family of God that are at other churches, wonderful, that's great, but what God is doing here, this new thing that God is doing here is not necessarily going to look like what God is doing other places. So it's very important for us to have tunnel vision, so to speak, and to prepare for what God wants to do among us. So we are in the final part of our 2022 vision series, Good Ground 22. This Good Ground theme is really carrying us throughout this whole year as we're really focusing on our fourth core value, which is disciple multiplication really all year this is where we're going to be now the way that we've been talking about this for the last four weeks has been through jesus's parable of the sower or jesus's parable of the soils in the event that you're get tired getting tired of hearing me read those 20 verses we're going to another place today we're going to be in hebrews chapter 6 If you do want to turn there, you can follow on the screen. Either is perfectly fine. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 6. And also, I want to let you know, if this is your first time here today, or you've just been here for one or two of these other Vision Series messages, in order to really understand what's going on here today and to be able to connect the dots with everything that we're talking about, it's a good idea to go back and listen to the podcast of what soil one, two, three, and four looked like, the stuff that we've been talking about, so that you'll have a really strong frame of reference for where we are today. So we're gonna be in Hebrew chapter six. We usually use the common English Bible. Sometimes I use the new revised uh, standard version. That's what we're gonna be using today. Hebrew chapter six, I want us to look at verses 13 through 20. I was reading this passage several months ago and it just blew me away. And I knew that this was the way that I wanted to end this series. So this is what the passage says. When God made a promise to Abraham, because he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless and multiply you. We've talked constantly about multiplication. So, what God is saying to the lineage of Abraham is, I am going to make more of you. And that is what God is telling us today as a church I'm going to make more of you. And thus, Abraham, having patiently endured, well, he obtained the promise. Human beings, of course, swear by someone greater than themselves, an oath given as confirmation puts an end to all dispute. In the same way, when God desired to show even more clearly to the heirs of this promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it by an oath so that through uh, two unchangeable things in which it is impossible that God would prove false, we, can now take ref- we who have now taken refuge might be strongly encouraged to seize the hope that is set before us. We have this hope, this is beautiful, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters the inner shrine behind the curtain where Jesus, a forerunner on our, our behalf, has entered, having become the high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So, what Jesus is saying to us today are several things. First, the writer of Hebrews encouraged the readers to produce fruits patiently by presenting Abraham as an example of patience and service. The author reminded them that God had both extended his word with the promise of a blessing, and then he also swears it by an oath, or he's giving his word. These expressions come from a God who cannot lie, and this provides comfort, relief, and struggle, or comfort, relief, and strength for the struggling readers. So what you need to understand today, and I think for some reason some of you just need to hear this You can trust God. Whenever you take problems and issues before God, regardless of what that might look like in your life, you can trust God. Now, it seems like in a church, it would be very obvious that people would understand well, of course, I can trust God. I understand that. That's why I'm here. But the majority of people who walk in a church on any given Sunday have kind of a superficial belief in their minds. But as far as turning everything over in a relationship with God, the way that we spend, the way that we spend our time, it doesn't really show that we have this deep and full trust. So there is a message to seed number four, uh, soil number four, which we focused on last week, the multiplying disciple. There is a message for you today. There is a way to be ready, rooted, and resilient. There is a way to walk through every situation in your life with obedience, and it's called endurance. And what we're going to have to focus on this year, if we're going to get away from all of the impulse society, we need it now, we expect results, we expect answers, we need to see the fruits of our labor immediately, we're going to have to understand what endurance means. So for some of you that are in here right now, you're not going to be here next month, or you're not going to be here in the fall, or you're not going to be actively participating in the work that God is doing. And the primary reason for this is because you lack the endurance. And I'm going to show you what that means today as we go just a little bit further. And this is the reason that people lack endurance. Endurance literally means the state of undergoing or suffering. Okay, the state of suffering or undergoing. So when people start to suffer or when people start to struggle or when people get angry at someone else, Or, when people decide that everyone in church, they're hypocrites, I don't want anything to do with it, or they go through something that is very, very trying in their lives, they quit. This is what we do. Soil number four, the multiplying disciple that we've talked about, understands the meaning of endurance in the spiritual life. So, when we have to suffer, when we have to undergo, when things seem difficult, we usually quit. So think about your lives. I can think about mine. The marriage gets hard, and marriage is really, really hard. Can I get an amen? Uh, some of you, your marriages are great. Give, give, give me your secret sometime. Marriage is hard, all right? So, what do we do? We divorce, we separate, or we build these isolated lives away from our spouses. The job provides new challenges. We quit the video loads too slow. Anybody have kids? The video loads too slow. We go to the next one. The wait is too long. We leave. Now get this one. The church is not cool enough. The church is not moving fast enough. The church doesn't look like what you think it should look like. We find another one. We take our stuff and we go somewhere else. So what's required if we're talking about good ground, if we're talking about the seed in our parable really taking root in the lives of people, if we're talking about identifying with soil number four that we talked about, the multiplying disciple, if we talk about being that, what kind of endurance is it that we must practice? Can somebody turn that thing off? There's a plug right over there. So what kind of endurance is it that we practice? First, which I have very little of, patient endurance. This is a real struggle for the majority of people. Patient endurance is what we have to learn to practice. And this is what verse 15 says. And thus Abraham, having patiently endured, obtained the promise. And I say this without reservation in my life, in the spiritual life, the greatest form of spiritual growth that I've ever had, and I've been through some incredibly difficult things. I have quit the ministry in my mind probably 50 times. The greatest area of growth in my life has been through learning patience with the process. And when you think about a a seed growing in soil, you have to understand patience with the process. God has everything, has done everything possible in my life uh, to slow me down. So please hear this. There will always be a temptation for addition shortcuts. Last week we talked about the differences between addition. And multiplication. Addition means that we are trying to produce a product. We are trying to convince people that we are just the coolest church in this area. We're going to do everything that we can think of under the sun to bring you in. And a lot of times, even if it's just for a temporary period of time, it will bring people in. So we look to these addition shortcuts to try to get people here when we've already suggested that multiplication happens very slow. So why is it worth waiting? Because we want God's best. And we want God's best in every single moment with everything that we do. Discipleship is slow. Multiplication is the long game. It's the reason that the majority of churches don't do it. You look at the primary problem with the majority of churches, it's not that they're out of touch. It's not that they don't know how to reach the younger generation. It's that discipleship is not critical to what they are doing as a body. So this requires patience on our part. The second century Christian author uh, Tertullian said this, patience fortifies faith. Faith is the pilot of peace, assists charity, establishes humility, waits long for repentance, sets our seal on confession, rules the flesh, preserves the spirit, bridles the tongue. Some of you need to be patient with your tongue. That's the point. Restrains the hand. Tramples uh, temptation underfoot, drives away scandals, consoles the poor, teaches the rich moderation, overstrains not the weak, exhausts not the strong, is the delight of the believer. It is all about the patience that we learn, and we're required to learn this as we learn endurance. So the second thing that we need to understand about endurance is confident endurance. There are too many believers today. They simply don't have confidence in what they believe. And I ask questions, do you really believe these things? This is what verse 17, 16, and 17 tells us. Human beings, of course, swear by someone greater than themselves. An oath given to confirmation puts an end to all dispute. In the same way, when God destroyed, when God desired to show even more clearly the heir of his promises, the un unchangeable character of his purpose. So we rest confidently. We rest confidently because of the unchangeable character of his purpose. Now, again, I told you guys we often use the common English Bible. That is usually the translation we use. Maybe we should have used it today. Because listen to how great this, this is a verse that you're going to want for a rainy day. This is how it says it in the common English Bible in verse 17. Listen to this. God can't break his word. God can't break his word. And because he cannot break his word, the promise is likewise unchangeable. So you worry if God is going to take care of you. You wonder as this church goes through difficult moments if we're going to make it through. We are heirs of the promise. You would probably agree with that, meaning that God is going to take care of us and God is going to take care of you in every situation in your life that you go through. Why? Because God doesn't change. You change. Your plans change. They fall apart. Some of you have seen your own plans fall apart but he is consistent over and over again. He can't break his promise. People say, well, God can do anything. God cannot lie. God cannot break his promise. The level of anxiety that we often feel on an individual level, the temptation to go back to the drink or the drug or the abusive relationship or the toxic situation or whatever it looks like, We have confidence in the reason as an alcoholic sober nine years next week, as a husband that often struggles to be a good husband, as a dad that often struggles to be a good dad, as a a person that is selfish and wants to pull everything toward me in the midst of my sin, in the midst of my struggle, I know that God can't break his word. Does this give me confidence in myself? Not a lot, but it gives me tremendous confidence in him. So what is endurance? What does it mean to get up every single day, even when I don't feel like it? I don't want to read your text messages. I love you guys. I don't want to see the emails. I don't want to have the conversations. It's hard sometimes, but I have confidence that he is going to see me through the entire way through. And here's the problem. And this is where you guys come in. People just really don't live like this stuff is true. So see, you come to church. Even as the church continues to decline, some people consider it to be an obligation. They're here. They show up. They sing. They raise their hands. They pat me on the back, good sermon. You know, maybe they tithe, maybe they serve. But when it really comes down to it and the bottom falls out of your life and you know that you have to make decisions that are breaking everything within you that make you comfortable, the truth is that we don't live like this stuff is true. So God is unchangeable. God cannot break his promise. God has vowed to care for us every single day over and over and over. Do we really believe that is true? In 2022, we're going to be tempted to get comfortable, tempted to get angry, tempted to walk away, you see, this may be seed two, or soil number two, the prisoner. This may be soil number three, the traditionalist. This may be soil number one, the cynic. That's your nature. You get upset. You get frustrated. Someone says something that you don't like. You take your toys, and you go, you go to another church. Or you decide that the church is bad and corrupt, and you don't go anywhere. But you see, for soil number four, for the multiplying disciple, endurance is part of this. You know, it's a nice crowd here today. May not be a next nice crowd next week. We can't base everything on momentum. We can't base everything on what we can see with our eyes. You see, the multiplying disciple understands that you go and you go and you go and you make vision central. You make mission central. And you continue because it's all about endurance. So the last form that we practice, we practice patient endurance. These things aren't going to happen overnight, guys. Buckle up. Hold on. And to see some of you start to, I'm seeing the work of this fast at the beginning of the year, as some of you are starting to embrace callings. As some of you have made the decision, I'm giving up this toxic thing in my life. I'm repenting from this because I believe, like I really believe God has something better. I want to see things change. This is not a one-man show. Listen, this is us. Patient endurance. Confident endurance. Because we're holding on to the promises of God. Otherwise, we're atheists. We're holding on to his promises, or we're 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 soil three. We're the traditionalists, but then also there also there is peaceful endurance. There is peaceful endurance, and this is probably the best part of this passage. This is what it says in verses nineteen, and then going into the first part of verse twenty. We have this hope, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. Sometimes I have to know that, I have to know that when I'm struggling. I have to know that when things come into my life that I don't understand and I get frustrated and I want to be angry with God, when I mess up and I wonder, does he still love me? Whenever I mess up, I recognize that we have this hope, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters the inner shrine behind the curtain where Jesus a forerunner on our behalf. And I'm gonna stop right there with that part of the passage. My favorite statement is this, of this whole passage is this part. Jesus is the forerunner on our behalf. Now, do you know what that means? And what that's saying is that some of you on a regular basis, you're full of anxiety. You have a tremendous amount of uncertainty about the future and you don't know what's going to happen you may not know right now how you're going to pay your bills. You may be extremely anxious about COVID and you're wondering when this next big surge is going to happen. You may be full of worry about your children and how they're going to turn out or what's going on with them if they're safe whenever you're not around. Does it give you any hope to know that Jesus is years ahead of your problems? Jesus is light years away. Jesus knows the person in here that is 25 years old. He knows everything about your day when you're 52. He knows everything about that dark place that your marriage is going. He knows everything about the addiction that you're eventually going to overcome. He knows where you are with your depression and your anxiety and you saying, I can't do it. And Jesus is saying, listen, I'm in your tomorrow. I'm there. And you don't have to worry. You see, there's no other way of life. There's no other movement. There's no other anything that offers that kind of hope. I wake up up often in a situation, God, what am I supposed to do about this? I'm broken. I'm messed up. I don't have the answers. And in this impulse society, I'm like you guys. I start scrolling. How am I going to figure this out? God is saying that you don't need to do that. I'm way ahead of it. Believers' church, as you're anxious about planting other churches, as you're anxious about this good ground, as you're anxious about finances, how are we going to do this? God says, step into tomorrow. I'm there. The question is, are you going to practice confident endurance? Are you really going to step forward believing me? You see, Jesus didn't do miracles in Nazareth where he was from. You don't know why? Because the people didn't believe. The people didn't believe. But don't doubt for a second when a child walked up, walked up to him for healing that he didn't heal, that he healed that child. And this is the situation that we find ourselves in. You see, you can actually live, and I know we're messed up. I know we have problems. I know as individuals and as families we have issues. But if Jesus is way out ahead of those, how can we not live with a strong degree Of peace, Jesus is going before you. We have an anchor. How beautiful is that? You have an anchor for your soul. Jesus is out front. We're just following. At Believers Church, our mission is to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus. Do you guys recognize? We went through an entire vision series, and I purposely waited because you guys hear it all the time about our mission statement. It's to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus. We believe that full disciples are made through four core values. Formation to become students of Jesus. Community, following Jesus together. This is not an individualized faith. It never has been, it never will be. Servanthood, loving others like Jesus, and multiplication, which we've been talking about in this series, increasing the Jesus following movement. So this year, as we've talked about earlier, I want to see new people experience Jesus. I want to see addicts get sober and become whole. I want to see marriages restored. I want to see people embrace their spiritual gifting and calling. And I would love to tell you that I have the gifting and the skill set to do that, but I don't, but I believe he will. And I believe it with everything in my heart. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask our creative director, Roger, to hand out some cards. He may have somebody helping him with, uh, helping him with those. But if you'll pull up that slide, guys, this is, this is what we're going to be praying about. And this is what we've talked about this entire uh, series and what we're going to look at. So this is what Roger is handing out right now. We're going to close out today praying about this, uh, but we're also going to wait patiently. We're going to wait uh, confidently and peacefully. And this is something that I handed out to our board of directors and our senior leadership team last year. It just looked a little bit different. Roger made it look a little better. All right, so what we're going to do is get this around to you guys, and this is what we're going to be praying throughout 2022. First, for a movement of the Holy Spirit at our Boones Creek location, where we are right now, our only location right now. And we are in the midst of that. God has already started that, but there are going to be things that are going to happen in this room and happen at our outreach events and happen uh, throughout the course of everything that we're doing. We want to pray that the Holy Spirit intercedes and completely moves us out of the way, because if that happens, people will discover their calling. Um, addicts will get sober. Marriages will be restored. Broken people that struggle with shame and guilt and all these things about the past, they feel all this weight. There will be healing. Atheists will come to know Jesus. That's what's going to happen. The second thing that we want to pray for is a heart for multiplication at our Boones Creek location, because this is new to us. And a lot of times what people think is, well, we just need to get more people saved, more people in the building, but I've told you guys, our vision, our strategy, our desire is to get people in here, equip them, and send them out to create New Testament churches. That's where we are. So in 2022, what we're going to be praying for is a movement of the Holy Spirit, and what we're going to be praying for is a heart for multiplication, meaning there may be people that are in this room right now that are not, that are not even close to Jesus, that nine or ten months later, God is sending them to plant a church. That's how real our God is. The third thing that we're going to be praying about, and this is a little bit more down the road, is for the sending and development of a, our first campus pastor and launch team. Like whoever this pastor is going to be that is, that is planting one of these churches, whoever the people may be in our church that are going to Elizabethan or Kingsport or Jonesboro or Gray or Sulphur Springs or wherever, wherever it might be, we want to pray. We don't know who they are right now but you want to know something? God's preparing them. God's preparing them wherever they may be. And some of these individuals, our next pastor, sending pastor, could be in this room right now. So we want to be lifting that up in prayer. And then also we want to be praying for God to reveal our first sending location. Where is God sending the next expression of Believer's Church? Is it Bristol? Is it Kingsport? Is it Elizabeth? I don't know because I'm not God. All right, I don't know what these things are going to look like, but I do know that when the people of God are serious about prayer, when the people of God are serious about a movement, when the people of God really care about this mission to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus, God will move mountains. So I'm going to finish up with Luke 13. I am going to go there one more time. I think we've looked at this passage in closing. I think this is the seventh week. I think every time that I've preached this year, we've we followed, uh, we've, we've ended with this right here. So we're going to go to Luke 13 and we're going to look at the parable of the barren fig tree. And that's how we're going to close things out as we look at this good ground, this good ground expression. So this is what Jesus says. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. One day he comes out, And he's looking for fruit on it, but there were no figs. He says to the vineyard keeper, now remember, the vineyard keeper is Jesus. Look at this tree. For three years, I've been hoping to come and find fresh figs. But what do I find? Nothing. It's not ready. It's not rooted. And it's not resilient. So discouraged, this is what he says. Just go ahead and cut it down. Why waste the space for a fruitless tree? So the vineyard keeper, which is Jesus, replies. And this is to some of you in here today. This is the voice of mercy. This is the voice of grace. Give it another chance, sir. Give me one more year working with it, creating that good ground. Give me one more year with it. I'll cultivate the soil and I'll heap on some manure to fertilize it. I'll give it good ground. If it surprises us and bears fruit next year, and this is the lives of you guys in here right now. If it surprises us, this thing was dead. This thing was mobile. This thing had one sin holding him or holding her back. Maybe it'll surprise us. But if not let's just go ahead and cut it down. So this is your chance. This is the year that we begin. This is the race that we must run that's been set before us. With all heads bowed this morning and all eyes closed there are a few different types of people that may be in here right now. And there are some of you, and God has been speaking clearly to you, or God has been speaking clearly to your family. This is your year. This is the time that you're supposed to plant. This is the year that you're supposed to step away from that thing that God keeps telling you to do. This is the year that you're supposed to give up all the time away from the church that's keeping you comfortable. This is the time that you're supposed to give up the drink because it's destroying everything around you. This is the time that you're supposed to stop spending your money on everything else and invest in the kingdom of God. This is the time that God is calling you. You know he's speaking to you about a specific kind of ministry and you know that it's time to step into it. If that's you, I just want to invite you to come down and pray this morning. If you want to take your good ground card and you have a desire to bring it to the altar, just if you're able, and also if you feel safe considering the virus, I want to invite you to do that this morning. This is the final week that we're in this, guys. So I want us to lift our hearts and lift our souls up to Jesus. Some of you require help that you can't get on your own. Your marriage is broken and you feel like everything's over and maybe you just need to reach out and grab your spouse's hand right now to let him know or to let her know that everything is going to be okay. Come, Lord Jesus, into this place today. Holy Spirit, stir our hearts. Father, move us in a way that we've never been moved before. Despite the revival that we went to years ago, Father, the change that we experienced maybe just six months ago, Spirit, move us. Generate the power of God in this room right now, Father. None of us have it all figured out. Father, break us at our knees. Put us on our face before you to carry out your mission. Help us to believe. We ask these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we begin a new series. Also, we love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit believerschurchjc.com and enjoy the rest of your week.